Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Welcome. Great to have you here at the Faith Baptist Church podcast. And today as we just take a moment or two to talk about the Word of God, I want to encourage you to remind yourself that God is not old. He's not out of date. He's not stupid. God is the source of all knowledge. And when God had Genesis 1 pinned, he had on, for, pinned on earth, he had already authored the revelation. Those words are forever settled in heaven. And so God is not caught off guard. God is not um, surprised. God is not... Um, modifying his ideas. <clears throat> God knows exactly what's going on. Now, I'm going to use just several verses today and talk about the Bible because that is the issue. Um, I, I remember back um, many years ago hearing Dr. Jack Hiles say that every generation is going to have to fight this battle over the King James Bible. Some years later, oh, 10 or 15 years later, probably at least 10 years after Brother Hiles went to heaven, I heard a very well-known preacher say, uh, I asked him about um, the King James, he has, a, he has a college and asked him about the King James issue. He says, well, that's all been settled. That issue, that, that battle's already been fought and the victory won and we're all in agreement on it. <laughs> well, they're not. And I, I found real quickly that, um, that uh, there were even people that uh, were on his staff that weren't in agreement. Um, I heard uh, uh, not long ago, there's a, 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 what I would call a very admirable a Christian organization and um, uh, and I don't want to discredit people or anything here, so I'm just careful how I say this. But if you're a pastor, the, the odds are your church is somehow touching this organization. It's a good organization. And um, some one of the board of directors could come in and said, you know, there's people in our leadership here that don't believe the King James Bible. In fact, they use in their church a, an NIV or whatever other kind of version, and they wouldn't address it. The board wouldn't address it. They just wanted to keep peace. And uh, they've got an agenda. They've got a work to do. And they're not going to fuss over versions of the Bible. I'll tell you, when you start taking and messing with your Bible, you are... Look, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And you go down, about, down to verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This Word of God is literally the Son of God. You can't mess with it. That's why in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, he says, Add thou not unto his words, lest the Lord reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Our Bible is the Word of God. And uh, obviously in a brief podcast, I can't answer all the questions in regard to um, uh, translations and differences and things like that. The, the easiest thing is to say there are two manuscript trails to follow, and that's the simple questions to be answered. And basically every... Bible that is uh, not a King James has followed a corrupt manuscript trail that somewhere along the line attacks the deity of Christ, the existence of hell, the second coming, the virgin birth. Um, there are just those key doctrines that are under attack. And then there is the, uh, the, the path of manuscripts that gave us a King James. And those are just, it's just a reality and people, people can't deny it. Now there's other questions more detailed, but I want you to to just think with me for a moment, we're back in the book of Proverbs. We're in the days of Solomon. 
And uh, then you go to the time of Christ in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so in Jesus' day, he says you need every word. Now you understand your New Testament wasn't written in Jesus' day. That it was 20 years after the death of Christ, and I'm throwing out very bald. I hope you, hope you know me well enough to know numbers are very vague in my world. My wife told me one day, she said, you know, she mentioned one of our children. She said, you know, um, whoever it was, I can't remember which one. She said, they were, you, you said they were three different ages in this one sermon. I said, well, they got older as this sermon went on. I'm not good with numbers. And, but uh, 20 plus years after the death of Christ, before any New Testament scriptures were written. And so when Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he was talking about the writings of Moses and David and, and Solomon and the prophets. And these writings, they, these, uh, the odds are these people were, they could have been reading Hebrew, but it's not guaranteed. And I'm not smart enough to argue the point, but these people are under Roman rule and they're in an era that uh, the, the main language would have been uh, Greek. And what it, but, but even if they all did know Hebrew, you know they didn't have any original manuscripts. Those, I mean, I've got a Bible in front of me right now, and I'd have to look at the, I mean, look at the date on the cover of it. Uh, when I was, this was a gift in 2003, and this is just falling apart. And so this is a 20-year-old Bible, and I've got photocopied pages stuffed in because of the mess it is. That's 20 years. What do you do with a 200-year-old or a 2,000-year-old uh, manuscript? You know, they're not going to be in existence. And so when Jesus in the, at the time of Christ is talking about the writings of Moses or David 500 years or 1,000 years or 1,500 years before Christ, that when he says you're going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he's talking about copies of copies of copies. And he said, you need every word. And if we don't have every word, then we can't live. And so somewhere there's an every word Bible. And somewhere there's a Bible that you can trust. And it's not hidden in some uh, vast cavernous cyberspace where you go digging through every one of the several thousand manuscripts and somehow you are smart enough to find the right word for the right passage. And that's what these ridiculous Greek and Hebrew teachers are doing in Bible colleges, shaking the faith of young men and uh, uh, appealing to their arrogance that if they could get a good enough computer program with enough Greek and Hebrew uh, information, that they too could be the ones telling everybody what their Bible should say. That's the biggest bunch of lying and corrupt um, deceit that you could ever tell a young Bible college student. Of course, they've got pride and they'd love to know what someone else doesn't know. I remember when I was in Bible college, I'd gotten saved. A few days later, I'm in a secular college. A year and a half later, I'm in, uh, out of there and headed to a Bible college. So I'm guessing it was about two years I was saved and I'm in Bible college. And I remember sitting there. I've been reading my Bible every day. And I read, I read a lot. I read, I'm going to say, an hour to two hours every day reading my Bible in that secular college. And, and I did, devoured my Bible in, in uh, an unmarked uh, hardback pew Bible, they call it, a hard um, cardboard type, but a very hard cover. And, and I'm not even sure it had a concordance in the back, but I know it had no notes. It was just a Bible. I read and read and read and read and read and marked it all up. And I had that thing marked from cover to cover by the time I got to Bible college. And 
And I had not studied doctrine. I had not been taught doctrines of the church or any key doctrines. I had lived in my Bible, and that's the best thing to do. You just flood yourself with truth. I'm sitting in college class and heard some guy saying, now what this verse really means. And then a little while later, he'd say, now this verse has been mistranslated. It should say, and I heard that over and over and over. And I'm sitting there, very, very young Christian. And I said to myself, if I have to choose between my Bible sitting in my lap and this guy standing up there, he loses. I'm choosing the word of God. I'm choosing my Bible. And I I didn't know there was a King James controversy. I didn't know the textual things I know today. I, I didn't know the the intentional deceitfulness going on. I, I, I'll give you one example. And I'm not judging motives. I'm just telling you what you see. You, you pick up a new Schofield reference Bible. Now, there's an old Schofield. And the good thing about Schofield Bibles is whatever you get, wide margin, big print, small print, no margin, whatever you get, page 200 is the same on every one of them. Page 600 is the same on every all. And that's nice when you're a pastor <coughs> because you can get everybody to the right page. Um, it might be good just to get your whole congregation to know their Bible a little bit. But, but um, they, uh, that, uh, the, that Bible, um, I'm sitting there in class, and I had to make the decision on what I was going to believe, and I, and I made that decision. I was going to believe my Bible and, and not the teacher. I had, to, I had to make that call. There was no way around it. And um, as I made those decisions, um, I didn't understand a whole lot of difference. I didn't understand the deceitfulness. So this new King James, uh, the new Schofield Bible I started to talk about, um, the, the new Schofield, can you tell I don't, I don't this is not in my notes, um, the new Schofield, um, the old Schofield, they would take a word that they deemed archaic and they would put it in brackets and or italicize it. I think it was brackets in, the, in that, that era. And then in the margin, they'd have the word that was in the King James. And then, and so you knew if they, and I think that's honor, honest. Um, I don't have, I don't, I wouldn't do that, but I don't think it's corrupt if they would do that much. And anytime they try to give you a word, I've had people come to me and say, what's this word? And I'll give them maybe a modern English equivalent. I'm not rewriting the Bible. I'm just helping people understand it. Uh, but, but that new Schofield, um, you could say, well, that's a nice, that's a, that's an honorable thing. They, 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 and they, right in the, the beginning, they said, when we changed the word, we put it in, in brackets and we put the, the word in the, in the margin, but they didn't do all of them. They changed all kinds of words and they didn't put them in brackets. Now, why would they change? Why would they say at the beginning, when we change the word, we put it in brackets and then, and do that with a whole bunch of words and then change a bunch more words and not put it in brackets. The only reason I can, again, I can't judge a man's motive. I'm not, I'm not a crystal ball reader, a palm reader, but I think they change some things. They don't want people to know they're changing. And it is interesting. If you look at the changes that the new Schofield people made, they line up with the corrupt manuscripts from where your New American Standard and New International, these other versions came from, they were lining up with a corrupt document out of Alexandria and getting away from the Antiochian doc, uh, manuscripts, and they were hiding it. And see, if you have to hide something, you're corrupt. It, it, you you want to come look at my computer? Look at it. You want to look at my book collection, my my music? How do you look at people's music collection anymore? You used to be able to look at their records or their... Or their their eight tracks or their CD or their cassettes or their CDs. Now it's 
who knows where our music is, but but I'm not embarrassed. I, I'm not hiding anything. Um, and when people start hiding things, they're corrupt, and, and we know they're corrupt. Well, that, uh, that those days in that, uh, that Bible college, I realized I'm dealing with some people here who are messing with my Bible. I didn't understand the issue. Well, then I go off to Hiles Anderson, sit in the ministry of Dr. Jack Hiles, get great training on soul winning, church building, Bible doctrine, but I never learned a lot about the King James or being a Baptist, two things I'm very strong on today. And if you're in Bible college, you got to keep learning when you get that diploma. That diploma only means you've you've fulfilled the requirements of that school for that degree, and you still got a long way to go. We ought to be learning and growing grace, as Peter says, until Jesus comes. And so uh, I, I've learned and I've read over the years, and and you know I look over to <clears throat> the book of Second Peter. So along the way, Matthew four four, Jesus said, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God." I've got to have every word. I've got to have every word. Somewhere there's got to be a book that's got every word in it because that's what I need to live. Well, uh, I'm not going to let somebody tell me that's hidden out in space that only some Greek and Hebrew master can find. I don't trust those guys. I trust the book in my hand. Now I'm in Second Peter chapter one. And he's writing here about the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus took Peter, James, and John, went up into the mountain, and they saw Moses and Elijah up there. And um, there on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, the disciples, they saw Jesus. They saw him transfigured there on the Mount of Transfiguration. They, they saw the cloud overshadow him and heard the voice of God, their eyes, their ears. Now that's some pretty serious stuff about documenting the truth. And Peter writes about that in verse 16. He says, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, 2 Peter 1, 16. Then in verse 17, he says, um, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, they heard that voice. Verse 18, and this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Well, I'll tell you what, they were there with Jesus. They saw his glorified uh, figure. They heard the voice of God. How much more real and trustworthy can you get? But first, second Peter chapter one, verse 19, Peter continues the very next verse. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as into a light that shineth in the dark place. Peter said, more sure than me hearing the voice of God with my own ears. More sure than my eyes seeing the transfigured features of Jesus Christ. More sure than my senses before me is the book in my hands. And Look, you got to understand, we need a real Bible. And Peter said, we've got a real Bible. And this prophecy came not by any private interpretation. Uh, verse 20 says, in verse 21, it was written by holy men of God. Now, just one, one more quick thought over in Timothy. Paul says to Timothy, he says, of the scripture, he says that um, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and that it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, those verses are very familiar, but Paul says to Timothy, he says, you've got this book and he says, you've got this real book. And in verse 16 of, of 2 Timothy 3, he says, all scripture is given by inspiration. 
all scripture. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about verse 15, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So here Paul says to Timothy, that book that you've known since you were a child, that book is inspired. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's given, verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. Hey, we got Timothy, got a Greek dad, got a Jewish mom, and he's under the ministry of the apostle Paul, but he was saved a long time before Paul, had a godly mother, a godly grandmother. And this young man who grew up with whatever copies of scripture in whatever language of scripture. I've heard people say different things and I don't know. I'm going to have to ask Timothy to find out what he read. He could have read Greek. He could have read Hebrew. He could have read uh, some other language for all we know, but we know this. He wasn't reading original documents. And we are looking at a, at a clear statement that the scriptures, Paul calls these things. Timothy had scripture and Paul says they are inspired they were copies absolutely unconditionally they were copies of copies of copies through different languages they were inspired and not only that they were verses they were scripture that a child could understand and then uh, we, we look we've got to accept the reality here that that God's word is real. And you go over to the book of Revelation. He says, add thou not. He says, he that addeth to the words of his prophecy to him shall be added the curses of this prophecy. And if you take away any of the words of this book, we'll take away your name out of the book of life. And, and that's another Bible study to get that all put in context. But I'll tell you this, don't mess with God's book. Don't mess with God's book. You've got a Bible. If you've got an old King James Bible, and uh, I was listening to a, an audio book, a, a good book, and it was a, a historical novel kind of a thing, but um, they quoted some scripture in it. And they're quoting some off-the-wall, junky translation. I think, oh, that makes me mad. It makes me as mad as somebody took a picture of my mom and drew a mustache and sideburns on her. It makes me mad. I love this book. This book, sing them over again to, over again to me, wonderful words of life. This book, this is a wonderful book. It's a true book. I love this book. It's carried me through the last 50 years of life, nearly 50 years. And don't you mess with my Bible. And when, when they start quoting some, you know, how your audio books are, got a little circle with an arrow and, a, you know, 10 or 15, it's a, a second to jump ahead. I'll just go up and punch that button. I'm not listening to them pervert my Bible. I hate it. It makes me angry when they do that. And uh, don't, don't be messed. This is the book that'll tell you how to get to heaven, or this is the book that'll it'll condemn you to hell. Don't let people mess with your Bible. This is the book that'll tell you how to get eternal rewards, or this is the book that'll have you stand before Jesus Christ ashamed at his appearing. Now, we better not let anybody take our Bible from us. That old black book you've got, that'll do just fine. You keep your Bible and your King James Bible and everything's going to be fine.